beautiful people and welcome to All the Details podcast, an extension of Details Magazine, where we'll be talking about travel, mental health, physical health, relationships, confidence, and so much more so that you can grow into the person you dream of and appreciate the details in life along the way. I'm your host, Caitlin Raymond, and editor-in-chief of Details Magazine. You can read relating articles, check out inspiring photography, listen to playlists, subscribe to our monthly issues, and more on our website, detailsmagazine.co.uk. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Spotify. All the links you need will be in the show notes. And without further ado, let's get started with today's episode. One of the most amazing experiences while solo traveling is the people that you meet. So while I was traveling um, Europe over the summer, I got to backpack for about a month. And while I was in Sevilla, which is in Spain, I got to meet Annalise. She's an absolutely beautiful soul. And we really clicked and we had an amazing time while we were there taking the best travel photos. I've never had such good travel photos. And so I knew that she was perfect to talk about her travel experiences, solo traveling, advice, tips, and and some things that she went through while traveling for the first time on her own. And so I brought her on this podcast, and she's also featured as the pink page in the September issue. So you can check that out on page 64. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I'm really excited to bring her on. So let's get to it. Hi. Hi. Dang, your hotel room is nice. It is pretty nice, actually. I got lucky. Yeah. So why are you why are you in a hotel and why are you traveling? Like you were you said you were working or not working today. Yeah, so I'm nannying for a family and they have a wedding here, so they flew me out to take care of their little one at the wedding. <laughs> Damn, that is a good gig. <laughs> Yes, I got very lucky. <laughs> Dang, that's awesome. Oh, okay, are you ready for your interview? Yes, I'm ready. I'm excited. This I'm I'm like taking your interview virginity. Like this is the first time you're having an interview. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. Um, so we'll get right into it. Um, where are you from? Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Canada. Canada is somewhere that I've always wanted to go. I know I was talking to you about it when we were in Spain but it looks amazing and it's like right next to America and for some reason I've never been you should go it is it's beautiful the culture is very different and it's worth it and if you come you can see me what's something that you noticed as you were traveling that Canada is like totally different from the rest of the world um I definitely think that the people in Canada are just extremely kind like over the top kind of nice and it's not like that in other countries people aren't necessarily rude in other countries but people in Canada are just they're constantly saying sorry and excuse me and it's just very over the top that's such a stereotype too I didn't know if that was actually it's true (laughs) (laughs) it's true I didn't know it was true either oh that's cute all right well we'll get right into it so what was your first trip that you'd ever gone on? Because you traveled quite a bit, but what was the first one? Where where did you go? Like the very, very first trip. I mean, my like when I was a kid, we went on family vacations. The first one that I remember was probably to Hawaii, um, which is hilarious since you're That's right. living there now. <laughs> um, but the first big one that I did on my own was the Europe trip. So that was your first solo trip ever? Yes. That's awesome. Tell me about it. 
So I did one month in Europe. I did 15 cities in Spain, Portugal, Italy, Netherlands, and France. Um, my first time in Europe and my first time traveling alone. And it was amazing. What was the favorite, what was your favorite place? The best city, best country? Definitely Portugal was the best country by far. I loved Portugal. And then I also really liked some of the small little towns in Italy. How did you travel? Did you go by, by plane? Did you take train or bus or? So I mostly traveled by bus, but I did have a couple plane rides. I just tried to keep them like I tried to do the least amount of plane rides as possible to keep it cheap. Just for cheap. Would you would you recommend solo traveling to other people? Absolutely. I would if you want to travel, I would say do it by yourself first to kind of figure out what you like and then do it with friends, but totally try it by yourself. And how how did you first think of like, oh, I want to go traveling around the world alone? Like that's such a scary thought to people. So how did you first come up with that? That's a good question. Um, I just remember in high school, something about traveling to Europe just appealed to me so much. Um, I'd heard so many cool stories from there and I'd never been. And then when it was kind of time for me to go, when I had the time and the money to do it, I just really wanted to go by myself. There was nobody else that would really want to go for a month with me. And so I was like, I'll just do it by myself. Yeah, why wait? Why am I waiting for somebody else? That is such a... Exactly. I've heard in so many aspects of life, I've heard that phrase, like, you can't wait for other people to make the moves that you want to do. Traveling is definitely one of those things. That's exactly my thought. Yeah. Um, so when you were first thinking about traveling, was that... Or when you first started the Europe trip, did you just graduate high school? So I had done a year and a half of university. Okay, right. Okay. I might have. Rem- I might remember you telling me that. <laughs> Maybe it was. It was. I don't think we talked a lot about university, but. Do you like university? I love it actually. Not as much as I love traveling, but I do love it. Would you recommend going? at that time or would you recommend kind of going maybe after graduation before university honestly I would just recommend going I don't really think it matters when you do it um for me going I couldn't go before because of COVID and going after is a little bit inconvenient because with my degree there'll be practicums that kind of give you an entryway into jobs so it just kind of pushes you right into it so Halfway through was kind of the right time for me, but I say go whenever you can. Now, even on your, you just posted on your story about someone like kind of being creepy, a man specifically, and that happens way too often. Like I, especially while traveling solo, like I notice that so much. And so I've been, people have been asking me, like, how do you deal with all the creepy men? Like, I can't even deal with it in my own city. And, and no, it's not all men. I'm going to put that out there. Like some are very, very kind, very much a gentleman, but there are quite a few. How do you, how do you handle that? Like, how do you, do you have to do anything different than what you normally would do at home? Or do you have to adjust to the culture? Like, how do you even deal with it? I'm so happy you brought that up because it was such a, unfortunately, it was such a big part of my trip going alone as a young woman who was very visibly a traveler in these countries. Um, And I think that you deal with it 
just because you have to. You don't have any other choice but to deal with it. And especially when you're in a foreign country by yourself, for me, at least the only option was really to ignore it or to just smile and keep walking. That was the safest option. Um, Sometimes if it was a little bit of a safer environment, maybe I would glare or something, but I could never say what I really wanted to or act how I really wanted to because that's just not safe. Um, Different things that I did when I was at home, if I was, you know, going out alone at night, I would definitely make sure that I was more alert. Even during the day, honestly, I was just kind of always being a lot more alert than I was at home. I, I wouldn't want that to deter anybody from going, especially women, because it was not a big enough problem for me that I would not want to go again or that it ruined my trip at all. But it was something that was frustrating and I think it's important to talk about because I don't think that it's acceptable. Just because it didn't ruin my trip doesn't mean that it's an okay behavior. Were you ever scared? Absolutely, yeah. I remember sometimes being like very, very scared that something bad was going to happen, that I was halfway across the world and nobody would know and I probably couldn't do anything about it. Was that the scariest part of, of traveling in general? Um... Honestly, I don't think that it was just because I was only genuinely scared maybe like once or twice. The rest of the times it was just more frustrating Mm -hmm. and like it made me angry, but it usually seemed mostly harmless. I say that with quotation marks because it's emotionally not very harmless, but physically I felt safe. I've been seeing a lot of like, I joined a few Facebook solo female traveler communities kind of to see like, since I moved just now, I wanted to see if there was some people on the island that I could connect with. And then like, while I was traveling, I was recommended this by the um, couple that I was staying with in Madrid. And they were like, oh, you should join. Um, it's called Girls Gone International. And it's just a Facebook group for solo female travelers. And um so many of them were saying that they've had some really horrible experiences like with guys but then again yeah it didn't like ruin the trip or anything um and I I've always kind of been like frustrated with it and then I really noticed differences in other like cities I noticed that in Spain is wild because it's that was when I that was where I spent the most time during uh, my Europe trip and the men in Madrid versus the men in um Barcelona are very different and it's insane because in Madrid it's such a family like like they love kids everybody's pretty chill I never ever had a guy look at me weird I've never had a guy follow me or anything like that and then when I went to Barcelona it was like the complete opposite like and then when I was in Milan I this is such a funny story when I was in Milan um I was walking and I was going to go to Lake Como. So I was wearing something for like a beach. And that was probably my first mistake. Um, and I'm walking to the walking to the train station and there's this guy on a bike. And this isn't the first time that this happened, but he was just staring at me, like slowed down his bike, stared at me, gave me the little like lip and all that kind of stuff. I looked him up and down. I was like, 
mm, you know, kind of debating like whether he was attractive or not. And then I just like look at him with disgust and I shook my head and I said no. And he was like his entire ego, like you could tell just broke. And he was so offended. He was like, what? He like, you know, was like, not me. And I was like, mm, no. And it was so funny because like you have to realize that men don't get offended if you're not interested in men. If you're just going to be like, I don't, I don't like this behavior in general, then they take it as, well, she's just, she just doesn't want men. Maybe I can change your mind, blah, blah, blah. But if you look at them and say, not you, <laughs> isn't that awful? They're like, not me, me, like, you know, and then it's, and then it's more personal. And then they get like, he was crushed and it was so funny. And he like, he probably went on his bike and cried. <laughs> which I thought was so awful but I was like maybe that's the trick like for those men that just really really don't get it (laughs) you know for the ones that just really you gotta break their ego (laughs) I know yeah and I felt like that was you know that's so rude that's so mean to do like I'd never (laughs) I don't want to be yeah I don't want to be rude but sometimes you got to really make your point and uh I really made my point there that was probably like one of my favorite interactions. <laughs> that's, that's inspirational. I think I hope everybody takes that as very inspirational. You should definitely try it. Definitely try it. I will. Yeah. It's like you got to target it. Um, <laughs> what was the, what was, if it wasn't men, what was the scariest part about traveling alone? I think the scariest part was just there were so many unknowns. It, I Everything that I was doing there, I had never done before. And I had no idea whether I was going to like it. What happens if I don't like it? What happens if I'm stuck in Europe for a month and I am miserable and I hate it? What happens if I don't have a place to stay one night? What if I you know, get really injured and I'm in a hospital where I don't speak the language. Like there was just so many things that could happen. Um, and I think that having that many unknowns was, was the scary part, but I quickly realized that for most things, no matter what happens, it'll be okay. For most things, you'll be able to kind of just move past them. But in the beginning, I had no idea. One of the things that I learned with the unknowns is like, because I can be a spontaneous traveler and I can also be a planner and I'm good with, uh, I've gotten so used to kind of just like, just moving along, like not, you know, not knowing or not doing or not planning. But one thing I noticed is that um, if something doesn't work out, the next thing's not going to work out to the point where it works out. So say you have like, like something held you up at the hostel or at the hotel and you can't get out to catch your flight, you'll get a a different flight and then that flight that you had that was connecting will be delayed and you'll make it. Like it's, it's like one thing after another where you don't expect, you expect after one thing to go wrong that everything's gonna be awful. But after one thing goes wrong, sometimes things might go wrong after that, but it's all gonna work out. It's like weird, it's like a weird ripple where it kind of just, it's okay because everything just doesn't work out, but it works out to its benefit, you know, like um, that was one thing that I learned that was kind of bizarre. I went through a lot of, during my Europe trip, I went through a lot of like, yeah, a lot of things went wrong, but it turned out to be like a great experience. And 
yeah, it was definitely the adventure. Honestly, you worded that perfectly. Like somehow things always worked out. And I honestly don't know how I made it back to the hostel some nights. Like it's miraculous that I did. And yet somehow I did. And so I really learned that like so many things can go wrong. And at the end of the day, it'll all, it'll all work out. And then tomorrow's a new day and like, it'll be fine. Like, which I didn't realize before that, before that I was like, Oh my God, if I miss a bus, that's it. That's the end of the world. And then the Europe trip, there's like a hundred buses missed. And I'm okay. It's yeah, fine. It all worked out. Yeah, exactly. When somebody asks you like, oh, tell me about your Europe trip. Tell me about your backpacking, your month long travel. Like what is the first story that you're like, I have to tell them this? <sighs> That's a good question. Honestly, that question is so hard for me because whenever people ask me that, I have suddenly like a thousand memories flood my head. And I'm like, how do I relate to them? How incredible and life-changing this trip was. Um, oh, that's such a good question. I think I have a couple different ones kind of depending on what we're talking about. But if they're talking about things that just blew my mind, there was this tiny beach in Lagos, Portugal and so it's this really popular beach. It's small, but it's the most beautiful beach I've ever seen in my life. It has these beautiful, giant, cliff-like um, kind of rock formations. And the water is crystal blue. Like, it looks photoshopped. But it was so busy. And so I thought I was going to go for a swim. And the water was freezing cold. So nobody was swimming. So I was that one crazy tourist swimming. And I swam a little bit around the corner. And I actually found a tiny hidden beach. Nobody was there because nobody knew it was there. And it was honestly the most surreal and beautiful thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And I came back there every day I was there, which was only for three days. And nobody was ever there because nobody was willing to kind of swim around the corner a little bit. But that was honestly the thing that comes to my head when I think of like just how beautiful the trip was. Like I had searched it up. I had searched the area up before. And when pictures came out, I was like, there's no way this is real. Like, that is Photoshop. You know, you see those pictures and you're like, that water is way too blue. So I was kind of like, it's not going to be as good as it looks. But I got there and it looked exactly like the picture, which was just, it was mind blowing. That sounds amazing. I really wish I could have made my way over to Portugal. I was so close to doing it. And then I ended up to going more south of Spain. But one day. Well, if you ever go to Portugal, I will go with you. Okay, deal. Okay, sold. <laughs> I'm saving up can, right now. <laughs> we can go surfing together because I learned how to do that in Portugal. Ah, stop. <laughs> oh, dude, I so I so want to go traveling with you again. Me too. We so, can. We'll do it. Literally. So for those listening, because I'm going to put this on the podcast. Um, for those listening, I was in Spain most of my month-long Europe trip during July. And I met Annalise, luckily, while I was in Sevilla, which is my favorite city. And you might be part of the reason that it's my favorite city. Like, I, I've i loved a lot of cities. I loved London. That's why I went to college in England. And I loved Paris. That's why I went back for the second time during my Europe trip. But I was like, once I got to Sevilla, I was like, this is different. Like, this is Spain. This is... It was just so... Oh, Sevilla is definitely my favorite city. It was magical. Yeah. It was insanely beautiful. Most of my travel photos are from Sevilla because you were my best photographer. <laughs> <laughs> definitely my best photographer. 
Yeah. I wish I had stayed longer. It was incredible. It was was a very authentic Spanish experience. It was just so perfect, man. I definitely... I feel like I have the least craziest stories from there, but it it was so perfect. It was perfect. I feel like the craziest was we had a full day where actually neither of our data was working. And so what you would think would be, like, not that bad, but it was, I mean... We didn't know where we were going, and the problem was that a lot of the restaurants' menus were also online, so we couldn't use the menus. And then the other problem was that because it's Sevilla, nobody speaks English, and we couldn't Google Translate or search anything up because we had no data. But it was <laughs> so one we of just those... had to... It was very authentic. It's one of those things where you, you learn how to not need it. You learn how to not need it. Like, when I was in England... I was saving money and I only saved maybe like 10 or 12 bucks a month, but I saved 10 or 12 bucks a month by not paying for data because I would just find Wi-Fi. So I got really good at just finding Wi-Fi, taking pictures of, taking screenshots of the map and like just kind of navigating. Like you just use and you ask people. That is so like unheard of nowadays is to ask people for directions. Just like, it's still okay to do. (laughs) So whenever we would... No, I was just saying, like, whenever we get lost, if we can't find, like, the screenshot, you just ask somebody and you used your minimal Spanish or your three words of French or whatever, and it just, it worked out. Like, you just learned to not need it. No, ask people. And often locals will honestly be able to help you out more than Google will. Like, there were so many times when I could not figure out where to go and I asked someone and they were like, oh, it's literally just over there. Yeah. I was like, oh, thank you. And it really does, it, I feel like it works a different part of your brain. Like it really is, it's an exercise to not use data, not to use Google Maps. And it's like weird to say, because I feel like, you know, 20 something years ago when they didn't even have Google Maps and it was like, like that was the norm. And now we've gotten so used to it that we kind of just think differently, maybe a little bit easier. And it's more of a struggle, but at least it's a good workout and good mind workout. Well, and like we were saying before, we still had an amazing day. Like it was so an true. incredible day. That was even with no doubt. <laughs> literally such a good day. <laughs> oh, I want to go back to the moment where we're in the um, the real Alcazar, and I'm standing there like in awe. It was just stunning. Or the what was the gardens that we went to. Gosh, the gardens were incredible. I'm going to have to find the name of that. Absolutely stunning. The architecture, the details, the tiles, the flamenco, like everything was, oh, I could talk about, I could talk about Sevilla for ages. <laughs> it was perfect. Oh, man. One, one thing that, a question I always got, because I'm a solo traveler, is how do you not get lonely? Like, how do you enjoy your own company for so long? Especially when you're doing all these amazing things, like you want somebody to share it with. So how do you personally deal with loneliness or if you even get lonely? That's a really good question. I don't know. I think it might be different for everybody. But for me, at least, I was actually more lonely at home than I was when I was in Europe. Because, which I did not expect at all. But if you're going to go travel by yourself, you have to stay in hostels. If you stay in a hotel or an Airbnb, my guess is that you'll be extremely lonely 
And I don't know how you deal with that. <laughs> but when you stay in hostels, you are constantly surrounded by people who are just as excited to explore the world as you are. So even if you go explore by yourself, you can come back and talk to people. And the great thing about going by yourself and staying in a hostel is that when you're not feeling lonely and you're feeling adventurous and independent and you want to by yourself, you can go do that. And then when you're feeling lonely and like you need connection and people, there's people right there who you can talk to and go on adventure with. So that was one of the things is that there was actually so many people. Um, and the other thing was just finding little things that made me happy and not kind of needing someone else to make me happy. So sitting and watching the sunset and being happy just because the sunset was there or seeing a really pretty bird and just taking a moment to be like, that is a beautiful bird. And like, just letting that make me happy, which it sounds kind of silly when you think about all the little things, but when you kind of put it into practice, you stop worrying about whether there's people with you or not. Who were some of the coolest people that you met? Because I know you met a lot. That is such a good question. I met so many, like so many people. Um, Let me think about that. Because there was a massive amount of people and like so many cool people. Um, Well, obviously you. The people that I like, and I say that because there were so many people I met and I just talked to them for one day, but then there's people that I met and that I feel like I'm just going to have lifelong friendships with. And that is so valuable. And you're definitely one of those people. So shout out to you for that one. Um, Some of the other really, really cool people that I met. um, Okay. So in Portugal, there was a lady and she was a, an older woman with her husband and they had a tiny, tiny, tiny little Portuguese market, like, There was no sign for it. You could walk past it without seeing it because it was so small. Um, But every morning I would go in there and I would get fresh bread and fresh fruit that she made. And she barely spoke any English at all. But every morning she was so happy to see me and they don't put the bread out. So you have to like ask them for it because they keep it hidden behind the counter. And she was just so kind to me, even though I was like very much so struggling with my Portuguese. <laughs> like every morning I had to like find my money and figure it all out. It was a scramble, but she was just always very kind to me. So I'll definitely always remember her. Um, and I met someone in Italy and he was also traveling Um, And he had just spent about a week in Morocco and he was living with someone. He had done like a work away type thing. Um, And he was living with someone who was very, very poor in the middle of the desert. And the stories he told me were just so incredible and down to earth. And it just kind of, again, made you really appreciate the little things that we had in that moment that, this man living in Morocco did not have. And yet this man in Morocco sounded like one of the most incredible people in the whole world and had opened his home up to a stranger and showed him around his culture and his world and taught him things. And so that really spoke to me because it was just such a, it was such a small thing. So I, I loved that. I loved hearing stories from people so I could go on forever about it, but those were two people that I'll kind of remember. 
How did traveling change you as a person? Did you notice any any differences before versus after? Yeah, totally. That's a good question. Um, one of the things that I noticed is that I just appreciate everything more than I did before. Um, because when you're traveling, you physically have nothing. You are literally living out of a backpack. And in that backpack, there's just the bare necessities. You don't bring anything extra. You don't have your own room. You don't have your own space. Um, and so I learned to just appreciate these tiny little things I never appreciated before, like a couple minutes of silence when you're riding the bus and you can just see the sunset as you're, you know, passing by it. Or when you're having a warm bath and you have a couple of moments just to yourself and it's just quiet, like a bath. I did not have that when I was traveling. <laughs> so when I got back, I was like, this is amazing. Um, sorry. My phone is, there we go. Um, so yeah, just learning how to really appreciate the little things that kind of, that really changed me. And also when I was traveling, I was just happier than I've ever been before. I was happier and less anxious. And I just realized nothing matters. Like so many of the things that I worried about at home, I realized do not matter. Like people aren't looking at you as much as you think they are. People are not caring about what you're doing. Nobody's going to remember, nobody's going to remember like the weird things that you once did and traveling kind of really showed me that. So I'm trying to hang on to the happy kind of peace that I had when I was traveling. And what are some things that you would tell travelers that are going on their first solo trip, even if it's in the same country, like what's some advice that you would give them? Do it. If you're even thinking about it just a little bit, do it. Like even if just the tiniest part of you wants to do it, go do it because chances are you'll love it. But if you don't, at least you tried and you know, but I think that they'll love it. Um, my advice would be other than to just do it. Be okay with how things go. Be okay with missed buses, um, missed opportunities. Be okay if things don't go to plan because they're not going to go to plan. <laughs> and that's, that doesn't matter. You can't do everything. You can't see everything. So just appreciate the things that you do get to do and things that you do get to see. Um, but don't, don't make a super rigid plan because it, it probably won't work out. <laughs> and what are some things that you wish that you knew before traveling? Anything that you wouldn't do or would do again? Um, I think that, well, before I say this, I'm happy that I did it the way that I did do it. But moving forward, I would not do everything. So I wouldn't book everything so last minute just for affordability. For this trip, I literally didn't book anything ahead of time except for my flight there and back, which was super fun because I had no restrictions. However, hostels and buses are very expensive when you're booking them the day before. Um, so in the future, I would definitely pre-book things now that I've kind of figured out how long I like to stay in places. So if you were trying to go for affordable, book things in advance. <laughs> but if, that, if that's not something that you have to worry about, then being able to just do whatever you want is also super fun. 
What was the best part? The best part? Just exploring the world, honestly. Like just seeing everything and experiencing everything was definitely the best part. And when are you going to go traveling again? So I'm actually planning a three-month trip to Southeast Asia um, for June, July, and August of next year, which is super exciting. Damn, that's going to be amazing. Yeah, I'm super excited. Hopefully it all works out. Yeah, stop by Hawaii while you're going. Oh, I, honestly, I could do that. I like, I could. It's another, like, I'm in the process right now of researching everything. Mm-hmm. And a couple of the other places I need to look into stopping by is Hawaii, New Zealand, and Australia. So I might have to. What's your research process look like? Well, I actually have it right here. Like I'm, I have a sheet for all my visa info. You can't really see it, but like for Europe, you don't need a visa to go. It's under 90 days, I think for Canada, but for a lot of the Southeast Asian countries, they all have different visa processes. So I'm researching that right now. Um, I do a lot of reading. There's so much information on the internet. There's blog posts. Uh, so I read a lot of those of people that have done similar trips to see how long they recommend staying in places, what the weather's like. That's a really important thing to look into because different parts of the world have different seasons and different like rainy months and dry months. So that is a very important thing that I'm currently researching. Um, how easy it is to travel around. Like, are things close together? Do I need to get on a bus? How expensive are buses? How expensive are things in general? Are there lots of hostels? All of that information I try to figure out so that when I get there, I'm not like completely lost. Yeah, that sounds like it goes like once you get the hang of that kind of research, it all just kind of flows. You know, you know the steps and you kind of just do it as you go. Like as you're researching one thing, you'll see something about another and you're like, oh, I should look into that too. Yeah. Aw. Is there anything else that you want to tell future solo travelers? Uh, I would just really encourage people to do it. I don't think that a lot of people go by themselves because they're, they're scared or they want to go by their, with their friends, which is awesome. Like go with your friends, but also go by yourself, figure out what you like. Um, just do it. Go like, go travel by yourself. It'll probably change your life. You'll probably love it. And you'll probably meet a lot of really, really cool people that you wouldn't have met if you met with somebody else. So don't stay in your comfort zone. Go do fun, cool things. What would you say to yourself? This is my last question. What would you say to yourself before she traveled? Before Annalise was a big solo traveler, before her big Europe trip, what would you say to yourself? I think I would say to her that I'm so proud of her for wanting to do it, even though she was terrified and anxious about it. And even though there were so many people saying, no, like, you're too young, you're a woman, you can't go by yourself to Europe. Like, what if you get kidnapped? Like, so many people said that to me. And so, like, which is horrible, by the way. Don't say that to people. Like, we know, we, like, we know that it's a possibility. Anyways, um, I would just be so proud of myself. Uh, Sam, I'm really proud of you. And I want to tell her that she's going to love it, that her life is going to change for the better. Um, and that it's 100% the right decision. 
That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining me in this interview. I'm so excited to get this out to everybody. Um, I really hope that you come visit me in Hawaii and maybe you'll love it and maybe you'll stay and I can show you around the island. And <laughs> That's just me I being selfish. I would love to. <laughs> Yeah, so I think we'll just wrap it up. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, thanks. Thank you, Stacey. <laughs>